on the Talkback Show on the radio or whatever audiovisual device you choose to use. Welcome to the GBC podcast where we talk about the Packers and our hometown of Green Bay. This is episode 31, created on November 30th, 2022. Hi, I'm John. I'm in Appleton, Wisconsin. Along with me, Jeff in Minnesota and Neil on the East Coast. Say hello, gentlemen, and tell us what you're drinking. Hello, gentlemen. Tonight, I thought I'd go with a 14-year-old Glenfiddich that's been aged in bourbon barrels. Neat. So I am drinking a Dogfish Head Walking Run Main Style IPA, Dogfish being um, in the Philadelphia Eagles uh, territory, um, and walking is what the Packers were doing and running is what the Eagles were doing. My mixed drink tonight is called a Hollywood, that is vodka, lemonade, and Chambord. All right, you can find us on YouTube and Twitter at Green Bay Chat, that's all one word, Green Bay Chat, and Facebook at the GBC Podcast, Green Bay Chat. And the audio is going to be available as well through Spotify and Anchor. And you can always just search for us using Green Bay Chat. So taking a look at this week, we have the Philadelphia Eagles and maybe the start of the Jordan Love era. Maybe not. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, but it is Bears week. And on the show, we have a real live bear. Oh, <laughs> wait, I, I read that copy wrong. Sorry. It's a live Bears fan, Jeff. You're safe. Don't worry about it. A Bears fan will be joining us for tonight. But before that, let's take a look at that Eagles game. Jeff, what do you got? To quote a line from, uh, let's, let's go with from Gladiator. Are you not entertained? <laughs> okay, so it was entertaining. Yes. I, it, it was entertained. A bunch of points were scored. A bunch of yards took place. But, oh, my God. I mean, Really? I mean, now I think we're manufacturing ways to lose. 363 yards, Philadelphia rushing. Second most in franchise history. They had a nice, even, neat, if you will, 500 yards of offense mm. Sunday night. Now, there we'll go into this in a little bit. I, I cited kind of two areas, or two drives that just, we were competitive, we were competitive. What's going on with the defense? We're competitive. Holy shit, we're not getting blown out. And then everything changed at the end of the second quarter, beginning of third quarter. It was entertaining, but oh my goodness. Well, we talked about putting a full game together, and I think it's that second quarter that left us short. Uh, we were ahead. Green Bay was ahead at the yeah. end of the first quarter by a whole 14, point. 14-13. 13 and the second half was even up 13 points apiece. So it is that second quarter uh, that that fell apart on us. But Neil, you, uh, I, I was gonna, I was, I always wait for Neil to give us the statistics, Jeff. And I was gonna la 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 them when he does it. But you already <laughs> threw the numbers out there, so we're 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 good on that. Oh, there's uh, Neil, there's more. There's but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. Neil, you were at the game. We'll talk about that, but. Going first to the general feeling of the Packer fans, and this we can even look at our text threads after the Eagles went up 13 to nothing, and it was very miserable feeling. But then suddenly Green Bay, with three minutes to go in the first quarter, is up 14 to 13. Did that deflate the crowd? 
it did. It, it did. And it, it actually deflated in two directions. We've got a whole bunch of deflation going on. But so I, I was at the game at Lincoln Financial Field. I was at the position as shown in the photo at the 24 yard line. And as Packers fans, you know, in the link, it's always a challenging environment. And the Eagles fans are really loud fans. And, and there were not a ton of Packers fans there, although there were plenty of interspersed. There was just no concentration of us. And the fear that we had was that we're going to get blown out, right? Same situation that we had in Buffalo, that it was going to be a blowout. And sure enough, it starts out. They go on a 75-yard touchdown drive. We throw an interception. They go on a touchdown drive. We're down 13-0 with very little time that's been played as far as the game is concerned. And it's like, shit. I mean, this is just going to be a miserable night at the link. And I can only hope that the game is, uh, you know, goes on in a manner that people leave this stadium early. So that it'll be easy for me to get home. That was, that was literally one of the things wow. that I thought about at that time. I wasn't going to leave early, but, but, but then things changed. And I think that one of the things that changed in the game has to relate to Keyshawn Nixon. He had a really huge night as far as kickoff returns. Now he had a lot of kickoff returns to make, unfortunately, and that speaks yeah. to the defense. But the fact is that we started out on our second drive on our 41 yard line. And so we only needed to go 59 yards on that drive and we get the touchdown. So beautiful play quadzilla gorgeous run. It was right in front of me. It was, it was a lovely play. Philadelphia goes four and out and gives us great field position. And then we go on a 37 yard touchdown drive again with that beautiful pass to Cobb and um, Aaron Rodgers, to be fair, he had two touchdown passes and both of them were fabulous touchdown passes. And so we're ahead now 14, 13 in a complete shock after everything that had happened to this point in the game. And yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about the team. And I, you know, that, that in the end, I think is, is what, what was exciting. And of course, Eagles got the ball back. They drove all the way down the field, scored a touchdown. Rodgers throws an interception. And, you know, the second quarter definitely had issues. But by the same token, in the second quarter, we reached a point where we were tied 20 to 20. Yes. After the forced fumble, after the beautiful run by Quay Walker, we have a short touchdown drive. And we are tied with an extra point to go ahead. The Eagles had previously mixed an extra point. There was a lot of crosswind on the game. They missed it in the exact same direction we did. And the, the ball moved more than halfway across the across the uh, goalpost. And so we, we missed it. It's 2020. The next drive, we forced them on a three and out. Mm -hmm. um, we get the ball. We have a five-play drive in which Rodgers was sacked twice, but we're still tied 2020. And then we give them the ball and they walk all the way down the field to go ahead at halftime by a touchdown. And that drive was appalling in a couple of ways, but one of which is that they scored that touchdown with only 13 seconds left. And the Packers called two timeouts during that drive. That's the second time Matt LaFleur has done that recently where he's called timeouts when the other team has the ball. And those timeouts are probably the difference between a touchdown and a field goal or where the Eagles were. It could have even been no points. It could have been tied at halftime. I thought that was terrible timeout calling and time management by Matt LaFleur in the game. And so we're down seven at halftime. And now we've got to think about how we're going to go back. But I don't think the second quarter was a disaster. It's just that there was all of those rushing yards accumulated, but we were able to keep up. And if we had not been stupid at the end of the first half, it could have been tied at halftime. And I think this might have played out differently if that were the case. Well, it's, well, that, it's that statistic, that all important, most important statistic of the second quarter, Neil, that, that we look at is the points. I want to go back a couple of things, though. First, talk about Aaron Rodgers. We've been giving him a hard time talking about how off his passing has been, how he hasn't seemed right. 
to me on TV, he was precision. The, the, the yeah. pass specifically to Cobb, that play is set up the week prior on the Watson touchdown pass because it's the same play with the, the, the play action. And Watson this time was double covered going across. That left Cobb in single coverage open right up the, right up the gut. And it was beautiful. It was a nice setup how they took one play and built off of it to another. I wish they would do more of that. Uh, well, that, and that's what we've been hoping for, right? That's right. what yes. with with Watson, like, oh, okay, you know, he's now drawing attention because yep. before everybody was like, screw it, they're not going to throw to him, so why even cover the guy? Now we've got some coverage. Now we've got some things going on. Like I said, Rogers in that window um, looked really good. Like you said, really good passing, very precise. Was not holding on to the ball too long. I mean, he just, he looked like he was kind of back or whatever you want to call it. Right. Getting back to that. Um, so I also want to throw in an ass hat here as well. So yeah, we, we, you know, Rogers had two sacks, but the punt was only 42 yards to the Eagles 29 yard line. So at this point, so there's about two and a half minutes to go in the half. And again, we're thinking, okay, you know, just kind of run the clock out or whatever. Nine plays, two minutes and three seconds of game clock. And they score the touchdown. Like you said, LaFleur gave him a couple timeouts. But I mean, seriously, 71 yards in nine plays in two minutes to close out the half. And they made some big conversions too. They converted on a third yes. and 14 or they, they, they yep. had the third and 14 that we had. That's when we called one of the timeouts and then they convert on the fourth and one. We called the timeout right before that as well. Yeah. Um, but then Rasul Douglas for a, for a holding penalty. I mean, yep. um, you know, it's all of those little things that added up and it, it's just, you know, I, a running team is going to have more problems. They did have timeouts so they could have called them later on but they weren't calling them at the point and they would have had fewer yeah. plays if Matt LaFleur doesn't make call those timeouts so the, the other thing sort of going about Rodgers we're going to ignore those two interceptions by Rodgers in the first half but uh, Rodgers was nine of 13 in the first half uh, 114 yards and two touchdowns so he was moving the ball the way and it was the precision I think other than sort of the, the freakishness of those interceptions but yeah, a good game as far as the first half is concerned. Uh, rushing the ball, maybe not quite so good. We only had, we'd Any only rushed the ball. ball. We'd only rushed the ball 12 times that we did have 76 yards. We're not doing nothing in the first half as far as rushing. And I think that matches the fact that it was nearly a tie game, if not for the last 13 seconds. So the Packers deferred. They get the ball back to start the second half. Minus two yards, three and out. So they punt the ball and, and they wasted that fantastic return, right? I mean, was it the 50, 52, 52 yard return for Keyshawn Nixon to start out. Yeah. And that was actually a really funny thing because I, as I mentioned on last week's podcast, the Eagles are actually pretty poor at special teams too, not quite assets level. And yeah, the, the, the people all around me after each one of Keyshawn's big returns was like, like oh, our God. special teams are just the worst. There's no team that has worse special teams than us. It's like, you haven't watched no, my beer. names, people. <laughs> but but to be fair, the assets really had that that one muff on the first kickoff return and then the extra point. And I guess the punting was not ideal, but it wasn't a disaster, at least, you know, as far as block punts or crap like that. So yeah, um, that's it, true. The, the assets did not cost us this game. Agreed. But you know, so you know, Nixon makes that 52 yard um return to start the second half. They're in great field position. Another sack, three plays, minus two yards. 
you get a punt. This was on, this was a 41 yard punt, but at least it was in the 20. Hey, moral victory. But then the Eagles get the ball. They drive 86 yards, 11 plays, five minutes, five and a half minutes, a game clock. So we go from 2020 with a little over two minutes to go in the half, in the first half. Now we're down 34, 20 and ball game. Basically. I mean, there's a lot more that happened, but then we in start, we we did score a touchdown, but then in, instead of scoring touchdowns, we were kicking field goals. And again, that that's not going to work. Another stat that really jumped out at me: so Philly was eight of fifteen on third down. We were one of seven. I mean, seriously, one of seven on third down. One factoid here: Philly had twenty-one rushing first downs. We had nineteen first downs. The whole game. Nice. Well, I mean, that, that third quarter really was the turning point, you know, in addition to that last drive of the of the second quarter and what we allowed as far as they're concerned. And going into where Aaron Rodgers and the offense failed, in that third quarter, Rodgers was two of three for 20 yards. Rushing, we were eight rushes for 30 yards. And that's why you get a three and out, followed by a long drive that ends up with a field goal. Um, you know, the, the third quarter was a disastrous first on offense. And obviously, as far as defense is concerned, it put them in the position that they could uh, wait for our plays, essentially. Neil, what happened at, at halftime there? I don't think that was a fog coming off of the Delaware River. That was, uh, it got hazy there watching it on TV. Was it just as hazy in the stadium? It was. So they, they did a halftime Hall of Fame induction ceremony for two former Eagles, one of which was Hugh Douglas, the other of whom I've forgotten who it is. Uh, Hugh Douglas had a lovely F-bomb as far as his speech was concerned. Nice. Really got the silly crowd. Welcome uh, very, to Philly, very, right? very excited. Absolutely. Uh, and so it, it was it was a fun ceremony. You know, there were lots of Eagles fans. There was a lot of happy memories. They had a video montages of great defense. And so it, it, it was perfectly fine as far as getting the, the home crowd very happy. And so the fireworks, fireworks and, and then they did and, yeah, and they did a whole series oh, okay. of fireworks. They did a whole series of fireworks at the end of that halftime show. Was it as noticeable on the field? Like, was it something that was difficult for the players, or was it just the camera angles that I, th I think it was did. the camera angles and the yeah. and the refraction? So now we all want to know too, Neil. How were the uh, the facilities in the concourse? I know you didn't like Highmark Stadium. Uh, what was well? How was the link? Because it's a little bit newer building. Yeah, it's it's easy and easy out as far as the uh, bathrooms are concerned. So I was able to take take it quick to the to the, to the porta potty. I even picked up a cheesesteak at lunch and then got back and saw the second half of halftime. So um, yeah, the, it was it was good at the concourse and good as far as uh, um, getting rid of the things that you had in the concourse, as it were. And they had um, and they had pierogies in the in the building as well. They they had delicious pierogies in the building. Yeah, I was like very happy with the pierogi. was my that was my dinner. I'd been driving across the country all day. I'd started the day in Toledo. It was awful weather on the PA Turnpike all day, and then I just see this manna from heaven of pierogies. And it's like, well, that's a lot better than a hot dog. So, <laughs> all right. So here's the the important thing we need to talk about in this Packer game in the fourth quarter. Eleven minutes, eleven seconds remaining in the contest. Neil Jordan Love comes out. You're Jordan's right in there. the house. You are right there on the Packers sideline. You saw him warming up. You've got the photo up of his first snap. How is the Packer crowd feeling? How's the Philly crowd feeling at this point? Well, the Philly crowd is 
please prior to that touchdown because you know they had a two touchdown lead and they, they you know Aaron Rodgers is no longer in and I think they're just sort of in a sort of happy mode as far as the game is concerned it was I, I have to say that was the most friendly crowd I've ever dealt with at Lincoln Financial Field now I was in the most expensive you were in better seats, seats I've been right? at, at Lincoln Financial Field and that certainly played a role but even even pre-game and post-game it just I don't know. The, the, are the Eagles fans happy now? I don't. I don't understand this because, again, happy Eagles fan does not guarantee anything as far as um, them not being violent and stupid. So, uh, but no, the, the, the fans were were um, acceptable. There, it was sort of good natured ribbing, but it, but, but, it, but it was not you know anything that I considered abusive or the like. And so, um, yeah, Jordan Love comes in. I think the Eagles fans figured, well, we've got this game wrapped up. You know, we start out with just a simple, let's hand it off to Jones. Nothing happens. Uh, we go a couple plays, get the first down, and then the long pass to Watson, which was not a long pass. It was an 11-yard pass to Watson in which he turned on afterburners that, wow, that was just incredible to see. You're looking at it, and it's like, it's going to be you know, a 12-yard catch or something like that. He's going to be tackled, and he just flies right through the entire Philadelphia defense, sort of like Walker did on the return. And um, wow, that, that was a new moment as far as Packers history is concerned. And um, that certainly looks like it's something that could be a connect, connection for years to come. So he's that fast in person. So you're watching that. You're like, holy shit. It was just, you didn't think that there was any way he was going to get a touchdown off of that pass. It's like, well, he's going to be tackled by, well, maybe not the first guy, but at least the second guy or the third guy. It was sort of like us going against Jalen Hurts and that we could never tackle him. Well, they couldn't tackle Christian Watson. And so speed kills, absolute speed, speed kills, absolutely. And we've got a guy that's got speed and that's a beautiful thing. Well, speaking of, uh, I don't know if we should bring this up now, but um, I saw on Twitter today, uh, kind of the Packers press conference and Lafleur uh, met with with the media. So by the Packer coaches count, there were 22 missed fucking tackles in this game. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's like I don't. That's probably not a regular statistic. That can't be good. That's awful. 22 missed tackles well you take jalen hurts first big run and there were three missed tackles on that one run alone um you know so quay walker one thing that was great about watching him is he clearly had the speed to keep up with hurts but he wasn't used to Hertz's speed yeah (laughs) so i I did he's a good tackler in his defense i mean he's a good tackler but he he, he had a he had a very he had a couple of really good plays and a lot of really rough plays but you know certainly he was not the only one Adrian Amos was a disaster as far as tackling is concerned um Rasul Douglas also problematic our linebackers were broadly burned um it was a tough game as far as our overall uh as far as our overall defense was concerned and anything that had to do with stopping the run because while we weren't stopping the run again just going (laughs) back going back to the statistics the Eagles had 49 rushes, 363 yards, 7.4 yards per rushing attempt. The Eagles times had, 49 times 49. The, the, Eagles had, the, the Eagles had 30 more plays on offense than we did. And, and that was in the end, the issue in the second half, right after the Watson touchdown, the problem is that, you know, they just were allowed to, Uh, keep running the ball so their next drive they only got a field goal but it took six minutes and 44 seconds and 10 plot plays is just gassed the defense is gassed right and then we had our last gasp and you mentioned the Keyshawn Nixon we had one more great return from Keyshawn Nixon 53 yards that ends up leading just to that final field goal so um but 
and, and then the final, their final drive, of course, they're just able to run. We've got three timeouts, but they're just able to get the first down that they need. Yeah. Um, their, their offense is really good. I have to say, I came out even more impressed with the Eagles than I was prior to the game. I think this is a really good team. So we asked the question, are there any good teams in the NFC? I think the Eagles are a good team. This is it? Yeah. <laughs> the team, perhaps? Well, so Jalen Hurts, this was more, obviously, he ran very well, but this was more of a game manager role for him. I mean, I think he's got, he seems to be MVP, you know, in the talk for MVP, things like that. But he just, he didn't do anything stupid, right? I mean, he just, he managed the game. Obviously, he ran very well while he set an Eagles, you know, record. That that was incredible as well. You figure all the Eagle running quarterbacks, you know, Randall Cunningham, Michael Vick, all he's got. It's now Jalen Hurts, which is, I mean, if we look back at this, you know, in 10 years or whatever, if the, these records hold like, yeah, I remember that game against the Packers. <laughs> they well, set the, all the records. The, the, the other thing is, you know, both Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders set personal highs for rushing yards in the game. They had two runners get personal Over highs for rushing yards. yards in the game. Yeah, 157, <laughs> 143. And, you know, even though Jalen Hurts didn't pass the ball a whole lot, it seemed that when he did pass, it tended to kill us. The, the passes to Smith, to yes. A.J. Brown, when they, you know, they, to Watkins at the end of the first half. When yep. they passed, it worked really well and just seemed to be a dagger whenever we thought we might get a stop. I mean, even going back to that first drive, right, where it looks like we're going to get a three and out on the Eagles in their first drive. It's a passing play. And then Jalen Hurst does that big run. But that was yep. actually a passing play. And so that combination of him passing and him running on passing plays as well as just the design running plays, it, it destroyed us. I mean, there's there's no getting around that whole issue. Um, one thing that I was encouraged by as far as the defense was concerned was Justin Hollins um, seeing that speed out on the field. That's the speed of Walker and Hollins um, is something that I think that we can build on. But looking at overall our defense is concerned. We had 10 defenders who had a pro football focus grade of under 50 in that game. 10 mm. defenders with a grade of below 50. So that means below average play. Uh, only three that were above 70. So, I mean, it, our, our eyes weren't fooling us. Those are more objective as far as what the players were doing. Yeah, we, we, uh, they, we got smashed. And we have to give credit to that Eagles offensive line as well. Yeah. They were dominating our defensive front and our linebackers. Yeah. And the, the things that they did as far as pulling and the like, they, they really had a powerful game as far as being able to take care of our defenders. Oh, they so, were just, it looked like a snowplow. I mean, I, I haven't yeah. seen defensive linemen get pushed so far off the ball uh, in a long time. It, it, unfortunately, our, our linemen looked like boys playing men. Yeah. It, it was a very strong, very strong front line for Philadelphia. But the crazy thing is, like I said, we were in this game. Yeah. That's what's so weird about this, right? I mean, the total domination of the Eagles offensive line, the defense giving up 500 yards. It was, it was just weird. Like I said, at the onset, I was entertained. I wasn't happy with the outcome, but I mean, I'm sure NBC was like, oh, thank God. This wasn't a blow, right? I mean, it, it was super entertaining. There was a lot to talk about. There was a lot of storylines. Jordan Love gets in. He looks, you know, ooh, you know, a little frisky here. You know, overall, looked comfortable. Uh, you know, he's growing. And, you know, I don't know if we want to kind of broach this topic now. But, you know, for the Bears game, it looks like. Rodgers is going to start there. You know, I don't know if this is going to be like a weekend at Bernie's thing where they're going to fucking prop him up in the backfield and just hope <laughs> he doesn't, you know, 
fall over or like you know, as long as long as Jordan Love is ready to play, like he was ready to play this week, yeah, um, I'm fine. You know, we're paying Rogers enough money. If he is healthy, yeah. if the coaches, if the coaches and the staff cleared him, that's great. You know, one of the things about Jordan Love, though, Darius Slay of the Eagles on his podcast this week had great things to say about Jordan Love, mm-hmm. and and you know, kind of said, oh, you know, maybe the defense sat back a little bit, thinking, okay, number two is in. Uh, this should be a little bit easier. He and, oh boy. Him. He's he's got some zip on the ball. Uh, he he was precise with the ball. He he you know had the little leg kick. Had the you know was was in command of the field. And and Slay said he definitely has been learning from Aaron Rodgers how to play the game as a quarterback. And that to me is high praise. The eye yes. test was there. You know, Neil, you saw it firsthand. You saw it better in person than than we did on TV. Um, the eye test is there. I'm, I've been ready for Jordan Love. I'm after that game ready for Jordan Love. Uh, whoever plays in Chicago, uh, I think they'll do well. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, you know, I guess I would like to see Love out there and finish the season. But the other part of me says, well, who's going to be your starting quarterback next year? That's who you yeah. should be starting now. So we'll see what happens. We we can only watch. That's our role. One thing about Jordan Love that really was striking as far as the eye test is concerned is you think about that game last year against Kansas City and you did not see poise. What you saw on Sunday night is he had poise. He looked like an NFL quarterback. He looked like he was comfortable out there and could see the field. It was not too fast for him. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he wanted to do. He was a field general in a way that you expect a quarterback to be. Yeah, another right. good word for it. Yeah. He he didn't let he didn't let his frustrations get to him. Going back to that Kansas City game, once something went wrong, you could see in his eyes he wasn't getting over it. He wasn't processing it. He wasn't letting it go. I don't, you know whatever else you want to call it. He was it was affecting him. But the Philadelphia game, Chill. next play, let's go. Next play, let's yeah. go. And and that's the the attitude you have to have as a quarterback. Here's the play. We're going to run it. Make it work. And, and he was out there doing just that. And he was in charge of the team and very precise, very tight throws. One other statistic as far as the game is concerned. So in three quarters, Aaron Rodgers had 123 net yards passing. In one quarter, Jordan Love had 113 yards passing. <clears throat> so Jordan Love did almost as many yards passing in one quarter as Rodgers did in three. He did. And Love mm. had a perfect passer rating for a brief moment uh, until he, yeah. then he finished up six of nine. What was that? Like 147, 148? Yeah, it was a 146.8 final passer rating. And, and by the QBR, which I think is a better metric, 94.2 QBR for Jordan Love. You don't get Solid. better than that. Nice. A great game for him. Hopefully he, he takes that and he can build on it. And if he's showing the coaches what he needs to show them in practice, uh, that Jordan Love era is going to start sooner rather than later. And just as quickly as that Packers-Eagles game ended, it became Bears week. And that is where we are. We are preparing for the Green Bay Packers to head down to the windy city of Chicago. And as promised, we have a real live Bears fan with us on the show tonight. My friend Dakota, tell us what you're drinking. I am drinking a Camarino. It was taco night last night, so I'm drinking that on the rocks there. Yeah, that's what I'm having. Uh, So it's not bad. I know I was talking to my coworker earlier and she's saying, I was telling her about the podcast and she's like, you got to have a Chicago beer or you got to have something prepared, you know, for tonight for the beverage. Uh, no, just good old tequila. 
So Kilo works. <laughs> now, with that said, Dakota, you you grew up in the Chicagoland area, but you now live in Wisconsin. You're in the Milwaukee area. What's it like being a Bears fan north of the border? It's interesting. I'll tell you that. Uh, it's tough. It's very tough. You know, most individuals are, are it's rough. Most of them are nasty. Uh, they're <laughs> Uh, but then you got a lot of but then you got but then you got like maybe okay so it's like 40 60 and you got 40 percent who are like you guys who are like nice and like you know cordial and like respectful and like but also like you know we'll give you a little banter back and forth and that's cool you know yeah. but then you got 60 percent of them who are like well you gotta you guys gotta realize i went to whitewater i went to the university of wisconsin whitewater so oh, okay uh, they were <laughs> they were just rough they were rough man they were they were rude for no reason and and disrespectful and it was bad but for the most part uh i hang around with my, my friends that i hang around they're super cool similar to john so so yeah all right so well, not, I'm not that cool then but <laughs> uh, dang, i told you to i told Burn. you to I'm going to take the heat. Dang. Don't worry. They're going to get on me more than they're going to get on you. We've yeah. known him more than most of our natural born lives. So we, now, we... Dakota, you did make your way up to Green Bay this year. At the start of the season in September, the Bears played at Lambeau Field. You made your first trip to Lambeau Field. How was that day for you? It did not yeah. a, don't, don't worry about the game. Tell us about <laughs> just being in Green Bay. Okay, yeah. Let's not talk about the game. The game was bad. Uh, oh, man. It was just... Oh yeah, let's not go back to that game. Uh, right. The experience, Im though. impressions of Lambeau Field. What would you think? It was nice. It was beautiful. I loved it. Great experience. Good people. Um, actually, surprised. You know, I've, I've heard a lot about Lambeau Field, and everybody's been telling me that I gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta go. But it's nothing like when you finally are there, when you see those fans and you see the way they cheer. Uh, you you guys know. You know. Um, and just the passion that they have is just a lot different me personally than, you know, being somewhere like a soldier field. It's, it's, a, it's a lot different. I mean, I love my bears. I bleed Navy blue and orange, but because of bad quarterback play and because of uh, stellar defense, they don't know what to do. We don't know when to cheer. We don't know when not to cheer. We don't know when to <laughs> shut up. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. Offense on the field, they're like, whoa, we're like, dude, shut up. Like, you know, let the, let the <laughs> no, offense no, no. do their, you know, let them do their thing, you know. <clears throat> they don't even know that. They don't know when to get loud when the when opposing uh, offense is on the field. So that's kind of bothersome to me. As opposed to being in Lambeau, it's so different. You know, in Lambeau, they know. You know, you guys have had, you know, come <clears throat> from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. You guys, you guys know when to cheer, when not to cheer. Uh, the, the rich tradition, uh, seeing, the, you know, the, the names, Park Star and, and all those up there. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it was a, it was an experience for sure. Um, I liked it. And then also because I, you know, had visited and was uh, hanging out with John and met John and uh, before I had uh, even went into the game, uh, tailgating, man, that was just awesome. Like, well, you want to talk about there... cool fans who, who <laughs> you, even you know, you're earlier. You were there earlier than I was. You was it your friend Nick? So yeah, he's a big Packer fan too. Yeah, you were over in the 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 stadium district bars. You're at I think Stadium View. So how was that earlier in the day? You had your your Justin Fields jersey on, and you're intermingling in the Packer bars with the Packer fans. I know there were other Bears fans there, but compare that kind of that proximity 
to to the, the the bar and then coming over to our tailgate party and just kind of that atmosphere around Lambeau Field compared to like what you would get game day at Soldier Field. You know, it's funny because away from Green Bay, uh, like when I went to University of Wisconsin Whitewater, it's just they're youngins. You know, we're in college. You know, uh, I graduated in 2015. They were just they were lethal, man. So I keep bringing that back up. But actually, in Green Bay, it's not the same. They were the guys were very nice and very cordial and very respectful and you know you get the looks and stuff but that's pretty much about it I think we went to a few bars I don't remember the names of them um it was right across the street from Lambo but that in Lambo it's pretty it's it's nice it's it's obviously way different than Chicago it's like it's very small town feel and it's not even in is it in really in Green Bay what's the city is it really it, in? it is technically because of the way the the borderline comes down Lombardi Avenue Lambo Field there's a little hook there Lambo Field is in Green Bay uh, but when you're on the other side, like when you were at the tailgate party or when you were at the bars, you were in Ashwaubenon. But when you were in Lambeau, ah, Field, you were in Green Bay. Okay. So the, border, the border is right there, but the village of Ashwaubenon okay. has a Green Bay mailing address. So it's it's effectively all Green Bay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. But no, all positive stuff, all positive minus my Bears losing, bear down. Yeah, they lost badly. <laughs> oh, so- and that is the only game all year that we have won by more than three points. And we've only won four total, but that's the only game we've won by more than three points. So uh, um, it is sort of our high point of the season, unfortunately for you. So we're going to keep thinking about that game a bit more positively. So you have a Justin Fields jersey. So obviously you are um, very pro Fields. He's been kind of a running joke on the podcast because of uh, his, his failings as a uh, thrower of the football do you think Justin Fields is your future of your quarter of quarterbacking in Chicago? I mean, you've had however many quarterbacks. It's been thirty plus quarterbacks you've had since you know we had uh, Brett Favre for the first time. So yeah, you know, quarterbacks come and go. Is this one that you think is going to stay? I do. I do think that Justin will stay, uh, but it depends, man. Ryan Poles has been very cutthroat. I mean, I didn't. I never thought he would trade Khalil Mack. He did that. I never thought he would trade away Roquan Smith. He did that. I never thought, I'm like, okay, well, the only leader we got right now is Robert Quinn. We traded him off. Uh, he had already gotten rid of Akeem Hicks and Danny Trevathan and all of these pillars on our defense. So when I saw that, I'm just like, oh, he's not playing. So I do think that Justin is here to stay. The reason why, though, is because I do know a little bit about quarterback play, being a Bears fan, unfortunately. Uh, so I do think that Justin, you know, not fully starting last year uh, like he was now going into a new offense with you guys, this guy, you know, Luke Getsy, yeah. you know, maybe yeah. you guys can shed a little bit of light on him. I, I really question his play calling sometimes. <laughs> is that like, is that normal or what's going on with that? I, well, well, we, 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 had, we, had, we had Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. We had Aaron Rodgers as quarterback though. So it was a little bit different. Get, yeah. yeah. Getsy wasn't yeah. a play caller. Well, though. He had, uh, see but that's not i hear what you're saying obviously different caliber of quarterbacks so aaron can make a lot look like a little well you know like a little yeah you know but i guess what i'm saying is it's just like he'll call a run play when justin has been throwing the ball very well like you know i'm just like what are you doing or he'll call a throw play when things seem very tightened up and you should maybe call a run play it seems like the field is wide open and he'll I mean, call it I guess in play. his defense, he's a first year, you know, coach. He's calling his plays. He's kind of feeling his way. You know, I mean, 
so, you know, kind of in, in uh, Fields' defense, you know, he is now, you know, second kind of regime. So he's got to learn new playbook, new, new calls, things like that. You know, I think, um, you know, from a, from a physical standpoint, he's clearly talented. I mean, you know, he's got the, the NFL record for rushing yards back, you know, set what, two, three weeks ago. I mean, I, that's amazing. So, I mean, he is electric. Jeff is, is looking at, looking at what Jalen Hurts did to us and knowing how fields can, can run the ball. Uh, Is that something that you're looking at that, gee, Jalen Hurts ran all over this Packer defense. If he can be healthy and play this week, is just going to get 200 yeah, it feels <laughs> capable of doing the same thing to green bay you know i think maybe uh i don't think he's going to play me to be clear honest with you if he does play i'll be very surprised i just don't think he's going to play but if he does i do think he will have a little bit more success because of this new established run that they have been doing the bears leading the league and rushing uh it's been pretty amazing i mean that's great and all but I admire quarterbacks and I want my quarterback to be a pocket passer. It's um, what is proven to sustain quarterbacks and it's what's been proven to uh, keep them durable, keep them healthy, Longevity, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, so for me, I, I, I really want him to grow in that area, but it is very difficult when you have a brand new offense that you're learning, you have unproven wide receivers. Uh, so no weapons, Equinemia St. Brown and, Chase Claypool, and we just lost our number one alpha stud receiver, Darnell Mooney, who some people said was not even our number one receiver. Uh, so <clears throat> you do that, and then you also look at his offensive line, and his offensive line has been horrible, as you guys know. I mean, you guys can kind of relate with the Packers line <laughs> there. So uh, we're protecting Rodgers a little bit. So, I mean, it's, it's been difficult for him, rough sledding. And also, you, not just that, this just also – him learning defenses still he's still you know he's still he didn't even start all of last year so yeah in his defense yes I'm always I'm always going to beat on beat on his um uh beat on his back to help him out and 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 be on his team there as far as anything is concerned with him being a franchise quarterback because I do think he is one I mean if you look what he did at Ohio State you look at his character if you look at everything that he's done even now this season losing like crazy and getting injured and apologizing to his defense for what he did and the performance that he did. He's just an elite leader, I think. And that's been shown. The skills and the development, well, the Chicago Bears. So <laughs> what, I, uh, what I like to say, guys, is that Chicago is a place where quarterbacks go to die. Um, so <laughs> if you guys haven't noticed that, it is the truth. Uh, so hopefully Justin can break that ugly <laughs> spell that's been over the Bears. Chicago is projected to have quite a bit of cap space, quite a bit of money to spend in this offseason. And you just touched on <clears throat> some of the weaknesses. Where do you think they're going to target first? What would you like to see targeted first? Do you want uh, that offensive line bolster to help your guy become a pocket passer? Whole line. Yeah. O-line, wide receiver, defensive line, linebacker. You only have seven draft <laughs> quarterback. <Yeah. laughs> linebacker quarterback in that order. No, I would I literally just gave you my list of needs for the oh, Bears. Yeah. yeah. In that order. Everybody yeah. but a kicker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we're good at kicker. I, mean, <laughs> I hear you, man. I, I agree with you. But I do want to point this out to you guys too. You, you know, and 
I know Neil, you asked me and you said, do you, do you consider him a, you know, this is, is this your franchise quarterback? I mean, if you look at the guy, I mean, he, he is number six in the league as far as quarterback rating outside of the pocket when throwing passes outside of the pocket, number six in the league right now when he's outside of the pocket. I mean, when you look at that, that's kind of like, okay, well, if you get him on the move, he's accurate. He can create, he can be that. I'm not even going to say, uh, Aaron Rodgers type player because Aaron Rodgers creates like no other. Maybe like a Russell Wilson? No. 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 A lot of people like to compare him to Russell Wilson as well. Okay. You know, I compare him to Josh Allen, to be completely honest with you. Ooh, Josh Allen on the Buffalo Bills used to run just like him, and he still does. Uh, but in the beginning of this uh of Josh Allen's career, he ran a lot. He had no weapons. He scrambled a lot. He got sacked a lot. Uh, he had a horrible quarterback rating, kind of like Justin has now, and not a good TD to um, interception ratio, kind of like Justin does now. It's not great. Um, and then he got weapons, and then they built that defense a little more, and then you saw him begin to flourish. I don't know. We'll see. That's a big leap. Josh Allen is amazing, but we'll see. That, that's a great comparison. I mean, with, you know, with cap space, you know, some, some well uh, chosen draft picks, maybe, but th that is an interesting uh, perspective. I never thought of that. That's a, that's a, cause I remember, cause the Packers played Josh Allen, his uh, rookie year and he wasn't good. You know, he was, but he's, you know, he learned obviously, and he's grown into, the you know, quarterback for the bills, obviously, you know, I'm kind of a Josh Allen fan. He seems like a really nice kid, you know, and, and the, his players have rallied around him and things like that. So basically with kind of the intangibles and things like that, you're hoping that, that, uh, you know, Justin is, is the guy for Chicago. Yeah, for, for sure. But it's like, so you look at their skill set though, right? Like you look at Josh Allen's skill set and you look at how he, how he throws the ball down the field. Josh is one of those quarterbacks. He's he likes to extend the play. He's going to take what he can give you if he has it. But man, oh man, he definitely will extend the play as long as he can. And his yards per attempt is always very, very large. It's extremely large if you notice that. And Justin is the same way. It's like we have like no yards in the first two or three quarters, you know what I'm saying? Like 150 to 170, 190. And then all like the first two quarters and all of a sudden he'll go off and just start, you know what I'm saying? Then the field will open up a little bit for him. Um, and those, those deep passes will start getting uh, a little deeper. I feel like that's how Justin is a little bit, but again, like I said, I'm trying to compare and you really can't compare quarterbacks like that with different franchises uh i've seen i've read some articles where they try to compare that as well i do see the similarities but we'll see only time will tell i guess so it's it's interesting hearing this perspective from you as a bears fan who's actually watched all the games because you know we watched the one game essentially and i think jeff and i have punched yourself in the nuts a couple times and watched the bears a couple other times for reasons only we know but you just look at the numbers right and the bears are 32nd in passing yards per game you're averaging 131 passing yards per game and um it, it's interesting to hear that you actually see positives as far as that's concerned because I look at those Bears numbers, right? The Bears have 2,300 rushing yards, 1,800 
passing yards, right? We're, we're going back to the monsters of the midway in the forties with the skewing towards the run versus the pass. And um, I guess you're getting a very different perspective watching the game and sort of seeing the progression as far as the team is concerned. Certainly, certainly. You're right about that. No, I'm serious, uh, but I do try as best as I can, but you're right. I do think that um, the, the rushing has been the, the first six games they struggled and it's a new offense. It's a rookie quarterback. He's got a bad offensive line. He's got no offensive weapons. I mean, insert Aaron Rodgers, who's an elite quarterback who doesn't have any offensive weapons, who doesn't have an offensive line, who's got, you know, a new offensive scheme. Look at the results, guys. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. And that's an elite quarterback versus a young one, 20-something years old, who hasn't even really learned, you know what I'm saying, defenses yet. You know, he's still trying to learn, you know. So uh, uh, I hear you. Give, give, give him some time, I think. We'll see what, like uh, like you were saying, John, with the cap space. We'll see what we can do with that. No, I don't know what we can do with that. We'll see. because. <laughs> haven't proven we haven't proven to to do anything yeah. with it well, Only, yeah, other true. than Khalil Mack me personally everybody has room to improve so you got the money to spend it so that's good <clears throat> so the other thing I wanted to look at too is as three guys who grew up in Green Bay and and you know having that lifelong devotion to a Packer team they didn't start winning until we got out of college for us uh, <laughs> now you're not old enough to remember you know, you weren't around for 1985 Super Bowl 20, but you did have a Super Bowl, I think, in your lifetime here. So talk about growing up uh, as a Bears fan. What are some highlights for you? You know, maybe, uh, you know, little Dakota growing up uh, and 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 what, what, are you, what are some of your favorite Bear memories? So I don't have any. Come on. Because I did not grow up like a big, huge Bears fan. And you would think that I did, right? But... No, I didn't. I um, I was first of all, I wasn't born, and uh, when they won the Super Bowl in '85, no. so <laughs> there's that. Uh, and and then on top of that, I didn't start watching really football until I remember it was the year it was my senior year in uh, junior year in high school, junior okay. senior year in high school when I started watching, which was about two thousand and four five. So that was just when uh, Erlacher and the boys were uh, headed to the Super Bowl against uh, yep. Big Manning and the Colts. Yep. You guys probably remember that. So, yeah, and they lost in the Super Bowl, and that was very sad for me because I had just jumped on the on the scene with watching football and getting into it, and it was yeah, it was it was very sad. And it was just downhill from there. I did love Lack though. Lack was amazing. He was yeah. The whole boys were amazing. I mean, we had you know. Brian Erlacher, Lance Briggs, Charles Tillman. They were they were really good. Well, you had some decent players, yeah. Oh, really decent players? <laughs> the ones that I just those, named you say are decent those, players? Those were good. Yeah, Hall of Fame. Really, dude? Okay, here we go. All right. <laughs> so, let's... Uh, so, switching gears. So, this Sunday, so like I said, we were discussing, so it might be Battle of the Backups? It might not, you know, so, so what are your thoughts Sunday afternoon, noon game, soldier field, you know, both teams struggling. So one of the things that we're looking at this weekend is the winner of this game is going to have the most victories in NFL history. So both teams are at 786, according to the Packer dope sheet. 
So we've got the Bears have three wins this season. The Packers have four. Yeah. All tied up at 786. Unless there's a tie. Wouldn't that be something if there's a freaking tie in this game? Right. That would, that would kind of fit both teams' seasons, quite <laughs> that would frankly. Be but... So fitting. It would be so anticlimactic. But <laughs> the winner of this game has bragging rights, at least for a week, for the most victories in NFL history. How about them apples? You know, if it's the battle of the backups, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a tie. But, yes. but, but let's 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 not hope for a tie. No, I do think if if Rogers plays, obviously it's it's done. Right? It's, yeah, yeah, it's a win. Uh, even if he's twenty four and five. Yeah, so, so just it's, sort of as far as the, the Packers Bears history, the Packers have won seven straight, twelve of 13, 16 of eighteen, and twenty two of their last twenty five games against the Bears. Yeah, and the other statistic that I wanted to throw in there is since 1992, basically our, our turning point of Brett Favre coming in, yeah. um, the Packers have won 46 games. The Bears have won 15 games in their in their matchup. So the Packers have a 46 to 46 to 15 uh, in the last 30 years. So yeah, we we like talking history because <laughs> for this that season, sounds about right. That's about all we got right now, right? Yeah. Well, that's. Uh, that's why, as you guys know, when I started watching football, since I started watching it, that means that total domination. So, All right. big huge Bears fan. However, that means that I, I do. Re- we gotta respect the Packers. I mean, they they've been dominating us. There's no way that you cannot respect. Them. So, one of the Especially thing Aaron to Rogers. keep in mind is that we had a lot of catching up to do to get to this point. <laughs> so, the Bears took the lead in the early 20s, actually, in this series. So, um. Yeah. Yeah, it's but and that's what's fun about it, right? I mean, the, there is a rivalry. Um, I don't think it is what it used to be, perhaps, but I I still think that that obviously the franchises that there is respect, there is reverence, um, and it's so uh, full disclosure. So my um, aunt, who graduated from Green Bay East High School uh, and promptly moved down to Chicago. I'm was like, a Packers what, really? fan okay. in, in Chicago and got all kinds of, of uh, flack from coworkers and things like that. She was from Green Bay, like I said, family's from Green Bay, but just loved the city of Chicago. I spent, I love the city of Chicago and um, been down there a lot, worked for a company uh, for 16 years in Chicago um, so there, oh, there wow. is the history, okay. there is the reverence. Um, and so Packer bear games are kind of special, even still, I would say. So okay. we, we traveled with my aunt, it was my dad's sister. We visit Chicago often, um, grew up going down there two, three times a year, enjoying the museums and all the things that Chicago has to offer. So I, I love the city personally. Um, and and do have a respect for the team. Love to see the Packers um, win, obviously, but love the city of Chicago. Just think it's a great, great city. Well, you think about, you know, the most important Packers-Bears game in recent times, the 2010 NFC Championship game. Yeah. That is one of the few times that both of those teams were on top of their game at the same time, basically going back into the 1940s. Uh, that was the last time they were both essentially good at the same time. So um, there was something magical about that 2010 NFC Championship game, and it was different because it was beating the Bears to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I saw the pain come over Dakota's face and started <laughs> talking <laughs> 
You remember that one? <laughs> like, can we just not? <laughs> Sorry, we're kind of gang it up. I suppose it's not, you know. Well, but like no, I said, that... it's just such a great history, right? I mean, it's just, it's history. I, I honestly think, you know, it's funny, guys. It's, it's going to end up changing. I mean, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. going to have to. It's like, gotta. Yeah. There's no way that it can just continue going where no, no. Green you're, Bay just you're totally like this. Yeah. So it's it's shifting here. It's shifting. It, it I is. It come, I, I thought it would come way sooner, but it's. Yeah. <laughs> So, but as it shifts, though, I think I think because we we get caught up in in history, these two franchises are always going to be interlinked. There's yes. so much history totally. in the Packers and the Bears, and really, they are the backbone of the National Football League. Uh, you know that the, the, you know Canton Bulldogs, you can say, was the original team and things like that. But but that Packers Bears rivalry, the the players that they brought in, the strength of play that they had throughout the 20s, 30s, 40s. Uh, to really build the league and 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 now looking at that all-time franchise wins you're right yeah even if we win this week it's only Jeff like you said a one-week breaking right because there's <laughs> exactly. a, you know, it's gonna it's gonna do this for the next couple of years because that's just the nature of the the yeah. league and parody uh, but it's great I, I I don't think I would rather have a different team to be intertwined with I, I appreciate our our, yeah. our rivalry to the south Dakota I appreciate you as a Bears fan I love it uh, I'm glad that you came on and joined us this week. Any other final thoughts you want to throw out there going into the game on Sunday? Yeah, get a win if you can. I don't agree with what you just said. The Bears, uh, they've been getting dominated, they've been getting stomped. And yeah, like you said, the records and all that is nice. But in the last 15, 20 years, it's been bad. And if I was starting for the Bears, I would want, I would be upset. And I would, and I would come with an, different type of attitude every single time I played the Packers because I don't know what it is but they you guys stomp us every time and it's just not it's not okay it hasn't been a rivalry these past few years so it needs to uh we need to step it up a little bit okay all right Jeff Neal anything else before we go you know as far as looking at the game is concerned I think the biggest thing that encourages me as a Packers fan is that that Bears defense is not the monsters of the midway uh, the Bears defense is ranked 31st in the NFL right now by DVOA overall the team is ranked 29th their offense 22nd their only advantage over us is as far as the asshats are concerned but offense defense we are a better team we should come away with victory for if you don't remember Dakota asshats is our, our special term of endearment for our special teams because that's the way they play they play like asshats so ah, you're saying your I special see. teams is slightly so, better than ours so our, our special I teams see. yes our, our, our asshats are ranked 30th in the NFL by DVOA still you're, you're, you're ranked 18th <laughs> so you've got a better special teams than we do but um special teams aren't on the field for that long the offense and defense are a lot more I feel confident in our ability to win well yeah, it's. I don't. I don't feel confident in the Bears when they will. They will. They will lose if Packer. If, if Aaron Rodgers plays, they will. You, I can you're tell you're you taking the attitude right Jeff has taken the last couple of weeks that uh, trying to reverse psychology. <laughs> exactly. His team it is what it is, man. No, I, I'm being honest here. I, I can't. Yeah. Can't. No. Can't so totally get it. It's yeah. it's it's been a frustrating season for both franchises. It really has. You know, I think lots of expectations coming in and here we are <laughs> well the, the funny thing is i guess i'll say this guys here and then um yeah 
I've noticed the Bears, they've obviously, as you guys know, and as uh, Neil pointed out, special teams this year, reg 18th, look, that's middle of the pack-ish, you know, but usually with the Bears, they're, you know, really good with special teams. Uh, that They've won games from special teams in that defense, and it seems like it's a turning of the tide here where now the special teams is just bad as well and the defense is just as bad and now it seems like they're going to load up on the offense that was my biggest fear with the bears is that what's going to happen is is that this defense is going to start to be horrible this special teams unit is going to start to be horrible and then the offense is going to step it up a notch and then we're going to be like a lot of other teams in the nfl that just go tip for tat tip for tat and we're not used to that you know as a as me as a bears fan we're used to uh, minus the Packers, stopping teams a little bit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you yeah. know, Aaron Rodgers is a little different, you know, with the, with, the, with that guy. Uh, but it's it, uh, it's been different now. It's it's been changing, and uh, like you guys were saying, hopefully we'll see about them re-upping next year because we're already on the next year. You guys are talking about a Bears-Packers week. Look, I'm a Bears fan, man. We're, we're what three and eight, three and nine next year. We're, we're ready for next year. We're ready for the draft. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and we'll still be talking yeah. Packers next year as well. So we'd be happy yeah. to have you on, Dakota. We appreciate you as a fan, as a as a guest. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. We appreciate it. All right. Yeah. Everyone else, if you're watching us on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. It is free. Leave a comment for us as well. Maybe say hi to Dakota as well if you'd like to in the comments section. You can always find the GBC podcast at Green Bay Chat. That's all one word. We are on Twitter. Instagram, TikTok, and Snapchat, and Facebook at the GBC Podcast Green Bay Chat. And as always, may you fully appreciate the magnitude of your impending good fortune. Thanks for joining us. Good night. Good night. Thanks, Dakota. Bye, guys. Thank you.